Let's have some fun, shall we? In today's episode, I cover 15 different ways you can connect with, engage, and support your remote workers. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. A good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, it's Ben Eubanks, and today we're getting into one of our rare episodes where I am run solo today. I have been talking to dozens of HR and talent leaders, business leaders, people from all across the spectrum in the last few weeks, and one of the key themes that keeps coming up is, hey, we've got remote people now, we've never had them before, Um, what do we do? Or, hey, we have remote people, all of our people are remote, and in the past we only had a few that were those people were pretty well adapted to it. How do we help everybody else adapt? And so because of that, I've been thinking through a couple different ideas that I've been running across. Some of those conversations lead to, well, here's what we're doing to try to connect people. And I've been collecting those, pulling them together. And this is by not, this is not an exhaustive list by any means, but I want to share with you because broadly organizations are doing this. However, there are some leaders who have never once had to manage someone they couldn't see. They're not sure how to engage with them. They're not sure how to talk to them. They're not sure what to do. And for some of the things, it's exactly the same. Talk to them, but talk to them more. But there are other nuances where you miss those little side conversations, things like that. You miss the chance to talk to them in the hallway, share an idea, get feedback on something. So I'm going to go through and give you a handful of ideas that will help to engage remote workers. As I'm going through this list, if there's something in there that sounds interesting or appealing to you, just make a note of it. Write that one down. You can use it with your team. You can use it and share it with your organization. You can share it with your friends in HR. Goodness, we're all looking for ideas right now to help us out. This, for a lot of companies, they said, okay, we've got Zoom. We've got Google Hangouts. We've got insert meeting tool here. And they think that that's enough. But that's the beginning of the solution not the end of the solution. A couple quick things that I ran across doing some research for this that were interesting. We see this as negative, bad, because it's of all these extenuating circumstances around the situation right now. But there are a couple studies that say that show positive aspects of this. One study shows that you save approximately $11,000 per year per person by having your people remote, not having to have a space for them and resources and tools in the office, those kind of things. Another study that I wrote about a couple years ago when it came out said that they asked different workers where they were least productive. And of all the places that they worked, they said the, most, the place they were least productive was in the office because someone is always doing that. Hey, do you have a minute? Which for HR professionals is every single day. So those kind of like, hey, you things that turn into an hour later and they're, they're, uh, they're finally walking to your office and you realize you've lost that time. You can't get it back. We're trading some things off right now. So there are some positives to being remote. Let's look at some ways to engage those remote teams. So let's jump into the list. Number one, have a virtual lunch. Tell your managers, or if you're a leader, I'll be talking this kind of back and forth there, but this is kind of the leader use cases here. Have a virtual lunch with the team, but don't do it just you and everybody else because you are probably already doing some group meetings. Do it one-on-one. 
every day, every other day, once a week, whatever it is, talk to someone else different on your team and just share some time with them one-on-one. Talk about things that have nothing to do with work if you'd like to. What are you doing? How are you guys staying sane? Right? We're we're baking up this. We're baking fifty-seven loaves of bread this week, or we are, you know, teaching our kids how to do advanced algebra because we're no, there's nothing else to do. I don't know, but have that virtual lunch together so you can create that connection again that you're missing from that in-person sort of conversation. Number two, send something. If someone has kids, send them something. If they don't have kids, send them something that relates to their personal life that they'd appreciate. I have a really great friend, Mary Faulkner. She is a Star Wars fiend. If I ran across something like Baby Yoda, sending her that, whether it's a virtual thing, a digital thing, or a a physical thing, sending her out a note, she would appreciate that. You can do the same thing for people and their families. If they have kids, send them some kind of, you know, hey, this is a work-from-home parent survival kit. It's got coloring books, or it's got, you know, some some kids' puzzles, or something else simple like that. It's I'm not saying spend a lot of money on it, but help them know that you're thinking about them, not just from the work context and work perspective, but from the human context and human perspective. Actually, there's a cool site called Postable right now that I think is doing, they for a while there, they were doing some free stuff. I don't know if they still are, but Postable would allow you to send out cards to people. And I sent out some kind of funny cards a few weeks ago to some friends in the space, just as a way to check in on them and getting something in the mail today when you're already con- disconnected from other humans is kind of a nice, nice thing versus just sending another email or a text. Number three, Focus on what they do, not how they do it. I actually have an episode coming up on this because I I think this is a critical part here. When someone is in the office, we expect them to do things a certain way because we can see them and, and we're kind of, even if we're not over their shoulder, we're still over their shoulder from a leader perspective. Instead of doing that in this instance, because again, a lot of people are dealing with family at home and other kinds of stresses and if assume there's no medical issues at all, Focus on what they're doing, what the results are they're providing, what sort of outcomes there are, what sort of things they're delivering, not how they're doing it or when they're doing it. Don't expect them to be sitting there at 7.30 in the morning ready to go every single day. It's Schedules are disrupted, so just assume that they're doing the right things. Have some trust there, but focus on what they're doing, not how they're doing it. Number four, communicate more than usual. Share more things. Get out there. Do not assume that they are getting everything that they would get otherwise. Don't assume that they are fully, <laughs> that they are relieved of stress because they are staying on top of the news because I'm actually trying to stay off of the news to the degree I can. Google keeps shoving links at me about everything happening in my state and I'm trying to be very careful and measured in what I consume because it's easy to be stressed from those things. So from the company perspective, you should be communicating more than usual. Share as much as you can. They don't have the the crutch of a side conversation or context. Those things don't exist right now. It's either happening or not, and so give them a chance to do that. Communicating, send them a message, check in with them, make sure that they are okay, but also be sharing other helpful information, resources, whatever you can so that they're staying in the loop. Number five, I said trust a minute ago, but this deserves its own piece here. Trust first. There's actually some research that we did last year that said transparency leads to trust and trust leads to engagement and performance. And right now, engagement and performance are not always the top of mind, but long-term they will be. How do we make sure where people are connected and they're able to do their job effectively? They're able to be connected to the mission and to be engaged. And trust 
is a part of that. Creating transparency to the degree you can, creating some trust there, showing that you trust them, that you are, that that person is trustworthy or worthy of trust, making sure that's a part of this overall conversation, this puzzle, leads to that person being more connected, more engaged. I heard of, of someone told me recently they had a manager at their company. They had a coach because the manager said, I want everybody on my team to turn their webcams on and sit with this Zoom running in the background so I can check in on them during the day, make sure that they are actually on their computers and working. Well, you know what? They could be sitting there watching the, the latest episode of uh, the Ozarks or whatever else on Netflix. Right? You don't know those things. You can't assume that they're working because they're sitting there just like you couldn't assume they were working when they were sitting in the office. You, you don't obviously know what they're doing day to day, minute to minute. Trust them first. Believe that they're trying to do the right thing and help your managers make sure they're trusting too. Number six, right now, special occasions are strange and weird. I have a good friend who had a birthday for his, I believe, four-year-old daughter, and he's like, hey, I'm, there's, there's nothing we can do. We're not going anywhere. We're baking her a cake, but we're going to hold off on her birthday until June or July. And I said, the silver lining of that is when you have a March or April birthday, you do not get a pool party. That doesn't happen. But maybe if you hold off and the, the kids that are having birthdays now, they get together and in June or July, get to have a pool party, things are back up and normal by then, then, hey, that'd be a first time. And that'd be something fun to kind of look back and remember. So these people have special occasions. Someone has a new baby, someone having a birthday, someone having something, a negative special occasion, right? Uh just got the news yesterday that a, a friend passed away over the weekend and it shocked everybody and like how do you help his family how do you make sure that they're connected in and, and supported so recognizing those things recognizing those challenges and those other special occasions and making sure going back to that theme earlier that you're connecting to the human behind the worker so that they understand that you care about them they understand that you're there to support them however you can number seven Look for ways to mentor and to help them be mentors. You, every single one listening to this, can mentor someone. It doesn't matter where you are in your career. If you're a two on a scale of one to 10, someone that's a one feels like you're way ahead of them. Okay, thinking about it kind of uh, logically like that. Everyone can mentor someone else. And the research actually shows when you mentor someone, it actually helps you. It actually creates more engagement for you. It creates a better experience for you, not just for the person that you're helping and supporting. So look for ways to connect people in the organization that way too. I actually had a phenomenal episode on that um, a few months ago with Chevy Cook. Uh, he's actually a, an Army major, and he shared some of his insights from mentoring veterans coming out of the military, but he's also doing research in that area at Tufts University, and so he's really in-depth on that. It was a great episode on mentoring men and women, where to create that friction, a little bit of the dynamic of what makes a good mentoring relationship, and really it's about just putting people together that have some care, have some concern for someone else, and want to support them. And again, the research shows that when we turn that lens away from ourselves and onto someone else that creates a better experience to those other people that helps that helps us to be more more connected to the world and helps us to feel like we have a bigger purpose um, i can speak to that a few weeks ago we actually had heard um, through the grapevine several friends in the hr space had been furloughed had been laid off had been terminated without any warning and so we actually set up a scholarship fund to help them get some training, HR certification training for free. 
and we did that just because it was about helping someone else in the minute in the minute in the in the midst of everything but the comments everybody sent back were so much fun to read hey i just lost my job and i was worried about this but I have a path now. I have a purpose. I have something to focus on. While I'm trying to get back employed, I have something bigger to focus on that will help me long-term, not just today or tomorrow, but you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now in my HR career, depending on where they are, that's something to help them. So look for ways to do that kind of thing. The rising tide lifts all boats. I use that phrase a lot, but it's a good metaphor for how helping others in the midst of this not only helps them, but it helps you as well. Number eight, randomized video calls. So there's actually a company that does this regularly. They're already virtual remote, but one of the ways they do this to keep the ideas flowing is they have this thing that randomly assigns a couple people to call together, talk about what they're working on, and looks for ways to cross-pollinate ideas and spur creativity. They do it as a way to generate new ideas and new concepts. This actually, for some reason, brought to mind, I did a case study a few years ago on the company Motley Fool, and they have a project every year, this project. I don't know if that's the right word for it. They have this initiative every year called the Fool's Errand. The Motley Fool is the name of the company. So the Fool's Errand is where they draw a name out of a hat and that person has to leave and take a two-week vacation. They don't get any notice. They don't get any warning. They're paid for that vacation. But it's a way for the company to look at where their points of failure are. Do we have continuity plans in place if Ben gets hit by a truck tomorrow and he's out for two weeks or he's out indefinitely? do we have the ability to flex and, and make sure that things continue running smoothly? So for the people that they can grab for that, that's not the exact same thing I'm talking about here, obviously, but the randomized video calls allows you to connect people that might not otherwise be connected. And even if right now they're just talking about their families and they're getting connected on a personal level, that's not a bad thing. I was talking to someone the other day and I said, I had no idea that you had four kids too. Like that's one of my favorite things to drop in a conversation because I just, that's something I'm excited about. It's what I spend a lot of time on and something that I care deeply about, obviously. And it was so fun to talk to them and say, oh, you have four kids too? Well, let's compare notes on this. How are you doing this? How are you doing that? And it was just a neat way to connect with them on a different level. And I had already had a great call prior to that. And it was a, a great way to just feel more connected to someone else. So look for those ways to, to cross-pollinate ideas by randomizing connections with other people in the company maybe those that you wouldn't normally connect with wouldn't normally run across in your daily work. Number nine, similar to that in some ways, have an office hours or a virtual water cooler. I heard a company the other day that's doing this. They set an open time, you know, let's say 11 to one. They have a dedicated Zoom or Google Hangout that's open and anyone can come in, drop in for a few minutes just for a connection, just for a conversation. Hey, I need to have, as my wife says, adult conversation because I've been with kids all day. I need some some uh, adult discussion of whatever else. It doesn't matter. Let's, let's talk about paint colors. It's anything, anything other than superheroes and uh, whatever else is, is top of mind for the kids. So it creates this way for people to just kind of hang out in a, in a relaxed way. There's no commitment like show up and stay here for an hour. If you can hang out for 10 minutes and, and you want to chat with whoever's there, it's just like being in the kitchen at work, making yourself a cup of coffee and somebody pops in. Oh, hey, you know, how, how are your kids? How are you doing? What, what are you working on? What's that project? You know, how's that going? And it allows that kind of feel even though you're not really there in, in person, obviously. Number 10, had a really fun call last week with someone that's actually doing a trivia game. They're doing a trivia game to allow their team to get together. They're doing it for their HR team, actually, but leaders could just their own teams. But they were doing an HR trivia game and just doing it as a way to connect people that, again, 
maybe are not talking to each other regularly or not able to connect or they're only talking about business right now. A lot of HR pros and friends in that space are in the trenches right now. So that allowed them to do to, to connect in a fun way without having any sort of obligation or other requirements of them. There's actually that reminds me years ago when I was when I was working HR every single week at a random time in the afternoon, I would grab my team, take them downstairs because we had a frozen yogurt shop downstairs. I take them downstairs and sometimes we do trivia or we do something fun or we do, you know, tell me, tell me two good things that happened this week that you're really, really glad for or really excited about what's happening next week that you can't wait for. And we just use this as a way to, to connect with each other on a deeper level. Number 11, recognize them. Take a minute to actually recognize the efforts of your people, recognize the good work that they're doing, but also encourage peer recognition. This doesn't absolve leaders of doing the job of recognizing their employees and supporting them and, and making sure that they get credit for what they're doing, but encouraging peers to do that too so that if I'm working on a team with someone and my their manager isn't around, they're not seeing this good work they're doing, how can I recognize them in a public sort of way and make sure that they're getting credit for that so that their manager realizes how great they are or how good they are at this this thing they're doing. I love the, the peer recognition thing. We used to use like a physical notes on the board. And what I do is we someone could take one off, write a little note for someone, pin it on the board so everyone could see it in the office. But once a month, I would take all this down, take them to the CEO, and he would make a note on there personally for each person that got one of those and would spend some time every, every once a month in the afternoon to do that. And we'd actually pass those back out to the individuals so they could have those, so they could keep them. And it never ceased to amaze me that you'd come back two or three years later and it's very faded, but it's still sitting right there on their desk or t- tacked up on their wall. That's that uh, shout out they got years before. So people appreciate those kinds of things. And especially if you can get someone else to weigh in and, and share their perspective or thank them recognize them that's a valuable piece um, especially right now number 12 have an all hands call talk about so we used to do these regularly with our team and we did them with each group kind of getting together in person but obviously this can happen remotely as well but we use them to talk about the wins to talk about what we had done right as a company to talk about what was working we spent a little bit of time talking about a, each, a core value each time. We picked a different one, and we talked about the core value, what it meant to the company, and to give an example of a, an employee that was living it out and showing, telling a real story, trying to make that concrete for people, especially the new people, to say, oh, on time every time, here's what that means. Here's an example of someone that did that for a customer. We talk about our wins. We also talk about our lessons learned. We, we went for this project. We didn't get it. Here's what happened. And here's what we got to do next time to fix that. And one of the other things we did that was always kind of fun, if we let each site or team lead chime in on the call, we had teams as small as four or five that were, again, off in the middle of nowhere. We had teams as big as 25, so everyone can't chime in, but we'd let those leaders for each team chime in and brag on their team. Tell us something great your team did this month. Tell us about, you know, since our last call, what has, has really transpired there. Have you hired some new people? who's new on your team, let's give them a shout out, but it allowed us to really feel and create a community-like feel for a company, even though we were, we were growing from, you know, a couple dozen people the first time we were doing it to over 100 by the time we were, you know, still growing. It allowed us to create that, that community feel and everyone felt really connected. And the feedback, we did them 
twice a year and people kept saying, hey, I feel like they're not often enough. I feel like I don't know what's going on over there. So we started doing them quarterly as a way to connect people and make them feel, again, connected to everybody, connect to each other and sharing their stories. That was a really fun way to do that. Number 13, get family involved. There's a couple layers to this one. There's a company I talked to last week that's actually having some of their team members send in baby pictures and someone's going to organize them, share them during a Zoom call if you will guess who each person is. Oh, that baby picture, well, that's got to be Jeff, or that's got to be Mary, that's got to be so-and-so. And it just creates a fun conversation. You can laugh about it. We did this years ago, again, in an office with high school pictures, and it was hilarious, right? You see some of the... the the goofiest mullets and other funny fashion things and everything else that happens. But that was a fun way to connect with people and to, to have some laughs. We all laughed together. We all laughed at, at ourselves and at each other. It was just a, a fun thing to do. But that would be a neat a neat way to do that. Um, number 14, make your own fun. One of the ways I heard this years and years ago, about 10 years now, it's been a long time, which is pretty long in terms of virtual teams. Those, that's a, that was a kind of a novel concept all the time ago. One of my friends, as a way to connect his team together and to make them feel more more supportive of each other, he had each of his people take a picture of their workspace where they're working from home, working remotely, and send those to him. And he put those up and let people guess who the person was. So you could see, even though you couldn't walk by their desk and stop and chat with them while they're sitting there in their office or their cubicle, you could see where they worked. And when you talked to them, it created this image in your head of where they were what they were doing, what sort of space they had, things like that. And last but not least, number 15 here, I talked to someone last last week as well that has started organizing yoga classes for their teams. They're doing live yoga classes. Hey, 8.30, you guys want to join us? We're going to do 10 minutes of yoga stretching together. Or our, our biking, our Peloton class is going to be going at you know 6 a.m. We're going, to, we're going to ride together for half an hour if you want to join in. They're looking for ways to bring the exercise, which for a lot of us right now is a way to deal with the mental stress and everything else. It's a great way to do that. Even if you're just walking and unplugging from your phone for a little while, that's a good thing. So people are using that exercise piece as a way to also be social and connected, whether you can talk during, you know, chat during yoga and you're, you're, you know, cutting up a little bit, or if you're hammering hard on the bike and you can't breathe to talk to anybody else, but you're there together spirit there's some good ways to do that and to build some camaraderie just to connect with other people again that's kind of the theme overall in the conversation today is look for ways to connect even though you're not there in person even though you're not there right there together in the same the same space we can still be together even if we're not physically together and i encourage you to think about ways that, that that flavor might look differently at your company potentially for your culture for your team for your managers and for those people that are still coming into an office that doesn't mean that these the importance of engaging those people and connecting with them and supporting them and trusting them doesn't matter. It still matters, and perhaps just as much for those people who are still going in because they're living in a, in a weird kind of time right now. People are worried. People are concerned. People are, are fearful. I know there are a lot of stay-at-home uh, orders and shelter-in-place orders that are out there, so fewer people probably working in an office than were before, except for those that are considered whatever essential is. But I just encourage you, take some time, think about ways that you can connect with people more meaningfully. Don't go through this week like you went through last week and assume that that is going to be exactly the same. 
people are continuing to shift and morph and change. And you know, we keep seeing news come out about the economy, things like that, that, that's probably worrying some people. So take some time, build some more human connections. And long term, that is going to pay dividends. That's going to create more value for everyone. It's going to also help people feel safer and more connected and more human at the end of this. I really appreciate you for joining me on the show today. Stay safe, and I'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com.